0: to deviate and i'm the host jim turbert feel free to deviate is a podcast about people their careers and how they got to where they are today this episode is a conversation with rebecca simons whom i used to work with at photomap i asked her to be on the show because she's adept at finding ways to get paid while working on things that she loves to do it's a remarkable skill and i was hoping that she would tell me how she does it i mean i think she actually revealed the secret (laughs) And it's rather obvious, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You will have to listen to the entire podcast to find out the answer, but I think it's worth it. Just a note, there are a few shits in here, and maybe an or two. It's mostly clean, but we are adults, and sometimes the bad words work their way into the conversation. We also briefly discuss the existence of sexual abuse, without graphic details. Basically, we mention it because it relates to one of Rebecca's projects. If you or someone in your vicinity are triggered by that sort of thing, you should probably skip the episode. But as I mentioned, it's not a graphic discussion. I'll drop some links to Rebecca related media in the show notes, but two good places to start are lettersfromthepast.nl and RebeccaSimons.com. And Simons is spelled like Simons, S I M O N S. She's from Finland, so they say things differently there, differently than me. Maybe you unless you're from Finland also. I don't think I've outlined this yet, so I'll just say that after working for the same company for nine years, I was told I was going to lose my job due to downsizing or COVID or whatever. I wasn't alone. It it wasn't like they were trying to get rid of me specifically. They they told me it was going to happen, and I found that troubling, but I was too worried about it because I have some valuable skills and a fair amount of experience. I figured it would take a few months to find something new and then a few months went by and a few more months went by and I still haven't had any luck. not freaking out about it, but there is a certain amount of stress and anxiety that weighs on my soul. It also makes me wonder why I wasn't worried in the first place. Was I kidding myself about my skills? Are they actually valuable? I think they are, but uh, enough about me talk about Rebecca. Maybe you'll learn something or maybe you'll just think it's a nice conversation. I invited you here today because in my eyes, you created a position that didn't previously exist or doesn't actually exist. You have passions and you made a job out of it. To me, that means that you have achieved a certain level of success. And I would like to talk to you about that. Please tell me your name and what you do or what it is that you think you do.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I like your introduction more because every time I have to introduce myself, then I I struggle because I wear a lot of hats. I guess maybe that's what you're referring to too, but I usually introduce myself as my name is Rebecca Simons and I work within photography. That's my new one. And I learned it from you guys. I know, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) No, and, and, and before that I said... I'm um, editor, producer, curator, teacher, artist, somewhere between that, or all of that, or it's a, too much of a mouthful. So I'm, I'm Rebecca Simons, and I work in photography, but it doesn't really cover it, you know.
0: It doesn't, does it?
1: No. So I'm still looking. Maybe we will figure it out by the end of this.
0: I, I don't know that we need to figure it out. I, that's...
1: Okay, I have one. Okay. I'm Rebecca Simons, and I follow my passion.
0: Ooh, Mm
1: -mm. look at you. Look at you dealing with... I took that from you now. (laughs)
0: Those are the... That's very... It's very buzzwordy, right? I follow my passions. I'm a creator. (laughs) What are some other buzzwords? A creator? I don't know. Guru?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do not not sound pretentious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In order to achieve some level of success... Especially people with arts backgrounds need to create a space for themselves. Mm -hmm. You work in photography, but you don't call yourself a photographer. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't take pictures or make pictures. So what does that mean? I work in photography.
1: It means that I'm working on different sides of photography, but maybe I should say photography and art then. But I went to school to become an artist slash photographer Uh, But then I started working quite soon on the other end of of photography. Are we good with the sound?
0: Just one adjustment I'd like to make. Do it. Hold that thought. So far, we're having a great time. (laughs) This is going to be the best podcast ever. Ever! Um... So what were you saying? So
1: we were talking about what does it mean to uh, work in photography? Yes. yes. What, what does that mean?
0: We're not even not even to work in photography. What what does I work in photography mean? Like what or what does it mean to work in photography? Or... Yeah.
1: It means that I work on different sides of photography. I, I work with photography, well, producing my own work with photography, but I also when I work as an editor or I produce exhibitions uh, or work with other artists, then, then I work sort of from the other side of the table with their photography and teaching and sometimes researching. I just feel like somehow it all leads back to photography, but, but I feel like I'm sort of circling around the medium somehow.
0: Hmm. A lot of photographers don't have those skills. You know, you might find hmm. the best photographer in the world... Every time you look at their photography, you think, wow, this is truly something special. But they don't know how to make an exhibition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't know how to...
1: Edit their own photography. Edit. Yes.
0: A lot of photographers can't edit. No. And that's a pretty important skill.
1: Yes. But I also think that especially is a skill that someone you should do with someone else. I think I wouldn't be the best editor of my own photography either. Mm-hmm. I think you just need different pairs of eyes to look at your work but I think what you're saying is that I have these different hats helped me to to find or sustain my work in art and photography but I don't know how much it was so much of a conscious choice it was more of a shouldn't call it a safety net but Well, I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, like, what is it? Would it be more successful if I would have put all my eggs in one basket, you know, Mm. and just gone for being an artist slash photographer myself? I do a lot of different things, but am I really, you know, have I gone deep enough in any of it? I always saw it, I must admit, as a weakness, like spreading it. Okay. But now recently I'm, I'm realizing it is. It is a benefit, but I guess that also comes with age, because you sort of need to mature and be able to deepen all those different practices somehow, and that just takes more time if you do different things than if you would focus on one thing. Does that make sense?
0: I think it makes sense.
1: But I think it has to do with, for me, like when I started studying art, you know, I I thought this is actually quite an interesting story, I think, because I remember clearly my father telling me, like, should you really go into art? Because, you know, how are you going to make a living and how are you going to... So, I was sort of my mind because'm I'm, I'm a very stubborn person, so maybe that's sort of like what gets me where I want to go anyway. but mm-hmm. but um, okay, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna prove him wrong, you know, like I'm gonna make it I'm gonna make it happen somehow. And the way to make it happen was not to to try to sell my own art, but it was try to you know find different ways to working within art and sustain my my practice that way. But the interesting thing is, like, now, like, uh, so this was back when I started studying art, which makes me sound really old now, but it was 96, yeah.
0: Sounds about right.
1: Yeah, 96. So I was 15 and I left home (laughs) to study art. (laughs) So I was determined. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, so now I'm 40. I just turned 40, 40, which is another sort of turning point, which made me reconsider everything what success is and should be. But that's maybe another chapter. Yeah. Um, the same one. But anyway, so I went back to my dad and I, I told him this, like, you know, this was sort of my drive to find a way to sustain myself within art was because you said these words. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I didn't m- mean it like that.
0: <laughs> he said I just want you to be happy darling. <laughs> yeah, he said like
1: I always I always thought you will find your way but yeah, yeah. but when I started studying I didn't start studying photography I started studying painting and he was just saying like I don't know if painting as a medium would be such a you know easy choice it's but Probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> but regardless you know like how one comment can sort of totally you know steer you for years.
0: That is that is remarkable. And I think a lot of parents have those thoughts and questions, some more forcefully than others. Yeah. When, when, before I moved to the Netherlands, I worked at a school. It was a very fancy school. The biggest major at the school was economics. Mm-hmm. I, of course, worked in the art department. I ran the darkroom. The intro to photography class was the most popular art class mm-hmm. in the entire art department because everybody loves the magic of the darkroom, right? The first time you go into the dark room and you develop pictures, it's the craziest thing. So everybody falls in love with it. And so many of the students, they might be econ majors, but they kind of hang out in the art department and they express their desire. It's a very common story. I I have to do econ. My parents won't let me major in art. You know, they're paying 60,000, 70,000, whatever, however, however much it costs per year to go to this crazy fancy school. And I suppose that gives their parents the right to say, <laughs> why are you wasting your time in the art department? But... um
1: Because I'm following my passion. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, yeah. But it's also... It, it, some of them were quite good. And, you know, some of them maybe it was nice for them, but mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily belong in the art department. You know, it's a, you get, it's a mixed bag. So you, yeah. have, you have all different kinds of people of all different kinds of levels. But it's also funny to hear what their expectations were were coming from mostly affluent families, I remember speaking, yeah, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say this.
1: Uh, just go for it. You yeah. can always cut it up.
0: <laughs> I, I was speaking with a professor about a student meeting that she had. Like, so what do you want to do when you graduate? Well, I'd really like to continue with photography, maybe go to graduate school, do this, that, or the other thing. But I'd also really like to make six figures.
1: Those two don't.
0: Oh, oh, you would, you would like to make six figures. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that focusing on photography is the best way to uh go about doing that. No. So, yeah, my parents didn't really vocalize no. Either way, I wasn't really swayed by their wishes or thoughts. I I was, of course I was. But they they didn't they didn't poke like they didn't say oh you can't go this and you're gonna make a mm. living blah blah blah.
1: But actually, that's the best parents, no, that don't <sighs> really try to steer you. Or would you have preferred that they said, "We really see that you have talent, and I think you should pursue this path." Or you know, if you want to make those six figures,
0: <laughs> I think I would have preferred a little bit more hands-on parenting. Okay. I don't know that I would have preferred that advice, particularly at that time. The one bit of advice that I did get it was one of the schools that I applied to. My my mom said, That school is for idle rich people. <laughs> <Are you laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay. And and it turns out later, I'm not going to mention the school because I don't wanna I don't wanna offend all the poor people who went there.
1: The rich people the rich people who went there. <laughs>
0: but at a certain point, I knew a bunch of people who went there and some of them, some of them were indeed idle rich people. Mm-hmm. Some of them were Actually, quite poor people who made the most of it and they had a really good education the the joke about this school with most people is that you can you can create your own major in frisbee <laughs> <laughs> Some people go there and play frisbee some people go there
1: and why did you want to go there?
0: It just sounded kind of cool it was it's in a nice beautiful location mm-hmm. it's uh you can create your own major
1: <laughs> frisbee yeah you're, you're like, well, what was your major?
0: At this time, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. I was just going to go as a first year undecided. I wasn't actually thinking about majoring in art or photography or anything like that at the time. But after a year at a normal university education, I ran into some financial issues. I had to regroup and figure out what I wanted to go to school for. And I decided I wanted to go to film school. Hmm. And then I started. When you're in high school, you go through these hoops because people tell you you need to go through these hoops. And if you do well in school or if you're considered a a relatively smart person, people assume that you're going to go to college. It's just what kids at my level of education did. Mm. And I mentally was not in a position to be choosing what I wanted to do for the rest of my life then. And that's kind of my problem, because right now I I still don't even know what I want to do for the rest of my life. I have I have an education. Mm -hmm. I'm not really doing anything with it. My life is my Life is my education. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's why I want to talk to people like you who seem to have drive and ambition and passion.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Where did you come from?
1: Mm, so I don't know. I I was joking about follow my passion, but I'm realizing that's maybe really what I've always been doing. Like I just knew that I wanted to do something with art since I was like 10 years old and and i didn't know what or how but it was just a sort of a base of like i know i'm going to be in that world somehow yeah and and i guess that's how i've been setting my ambitions like not really targeted like i want to you know achieve this or you know or, or that i visualized how i wanted my path to be but i i set like big vague aims and that sort of steered me in directions um, I, um that, that sounds really vague of course it is but okay so for example okay so my mom she's um dance teacher. So she's she was or she was doing contemporary dance. So she's also a creative uh, human being and uh, she inspired me, but she also worked a lot in project management. So she included me once in a multidisciplinary project and I got to manage the fine arts part of the project. And and then I felt like, "Hey, this is, you know, like being a project manager and maybe like working internationally, you know, like Something like that, and it's then i like, skill. yeah, and then I'm like fifteen year, years old or something like that. But but it's so you know, so it's sort of like this vague aim on a horizon, but it doesn't really give a definitive path to some something. But but then you know, I I, I believe in that. I still believe in that, you know, because then you have like this little things in the back of your head that keeps on steering you, you know, and then you come across something else, you know, and you, you define a new sort of liking or, or, or maybe you, you notice that you're good at something and then you add that to sort of the buckets of big aims and wishes where, sure. yeah. So something like that. And just also trying out things. I think I made up this saying, but I, <laughs> well, I don't if you know maybe if it's a saying, <laughs> but maybe you can tell me if it's a real saying. Uh, I kept telling myself like if you put on sh- uh, shoes too big then your feet will grow into them is that a saying
0: i, I don't think i've ever heard that okay so
1: it is now that's uh, nice yeah and that's sort of what i follow. So I always thought i make myself a little bit uncomfortable you know like trying to you know go a bit yeah outside your comfort zone yeah and push yourself a little bit sure or maybe sometimes too much but you know and then you'll grow into that role and and then you learn from that so so sort of this eagerness to always sort of learn and, and move forward I think that's that's just a general good drive for anything to move forward
0: It's a good trait to have.
1: Yeah. But that being said, I think I want to like sense this 40 milestone. Yeah. <laughs> and sense corona and my, I had a personal Crush, crush, not a crush, a crash,
0: crash, yes, a
1: crash. So like, um, what is overspun Like b- uh, burnout, burnout sy- yeah. symptoms, and and this made me force me to also really reconsider a lot of things, uh, what I considered uh, success to be and what I wanted to do in life and etc. So now the healthier saying for me is, I don't want to make it comfortable shoes because that sounds old, but like wear the shoes you like. And you will be happy. <laughs> I like that more now because it's less right. its less sort of trying to achieve something or pushing yourself too much.
0: I can relate to that. You know, I'm in the middle of a job search and it's not going well. Mm. I'm very undesirable.
1: Okay. Yeah. Because you're a white man.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> well the, the middle-aged white man is probably the most oppressed group on the planet.
1: Yeah. That, I know it's that's sad. a joke. <laughs> that's
0: a joke. No, I, I just think that it's a hard time to look for a job. Mm. And as a non native speaker in a Dutch market, it makes it more difficult. Also, whether it's a man or a woman of a certain level of experience and age, you are at a disadvantage because people assume one, that you are unwilling to do something that is below your yeah. experience level yeah. because. Once something more interesting comes along, you will take that instead, which mm. isn't necessarily true, by the way, if you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> and B, they could find a younger person to work for far less money, which is in a way is true because I am not very likely to put up with a lot of crap.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, the I, older you get, the less flexible in I, that sense. I, I, and I, sorry, true. I'm just not going to deal yeah. with your crap.
0: I'm sure it's more difficult for other people. And fortunately, I'm in a position where I can be a little picky because there are two incomes in my household and mm. I'm very fortunate. So I, I have very little complaint about even though the job search is going poorly, I am doing my best not to yeah. get stressed out about it and let my failure in the job search drive me crazy. I'm not going crazy. (laughs) I'm not crazy. Good to hear.
1: I'm so convinced. I'm not crazy. (laughs) Uh,
0: Where was I going? Yeah,
1: so so you were saying that, so you're feeling like a disadvantage that, that you are at a certain age now, looking for sure. New yeah, paths. I do. I
0: think that I think that that is a disadvantage.
1: But maybe in a if you're regard. going for the set jobs, but what if you create your own opportunities? Well,
0: that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this. I understand that it's not going to be incredibly lucrative, but eventually, if enough people listen to it, I could turn it into something. So far, we're about halfway through my second one, and I don't. I don't think it's terrible. It's not the greatest piece of audio journalism ever made, but it might be.
1: Maybe it is.
0: Maybe it is. It's anyway. It's we're off to a good start, I think. And it's, it's like you said about the filling the shoes. You look around you. Most of the people you talk to, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm-mm. So there's absolutely no reason why any Joe off the street can't start a podcast no. and or you know organize an exhibition or anything. Do whatever.
1: No, I naively believe in in creating. Whatever, you know, you've put your heart to, you know, it's going to happen. Like, I, I really believe in like, yeah, it sounds really like the American dream. But if you set your mind to it, you can make it happen. And of course, that comes from a being also a privileged
0: Third. white yeah.
1: woman. You know, I know I won't become and I don't want to become the president or whatever. But no. I mean, within sort of your, your a certain range. And, and if you have a passion and if you follow it, you will find a way to sort of make it work. At least that's what I feel for myself. Going to find a way to make it work. For example, now uh, with the Corona and everything, and I lost my main income.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. you did? The school?
1: No, that's not my main income. Okay. That's sort of, that was my side job. Now it's I have more hours there, so it's now a sort of like halftime. It was oh. our previous... Oh, okay. Um, I didn't
0: realize that was your main jam.
1: It was. It was our, our family's uh, main oh, uh, dude, income. Oh, dude, brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I I was sort of left with a fourth of my income or something like that. And my my intention was like, shit, I really have to sort of make it work and run now to find another job to, you know, pay our expenses. But this is sort of where I made a switch for myself thinking, okay, I'm not going to do it this time because every time I do it, you know, I'm going to, you know, still push myself a little bit outside my desired path in Mm -hmm. order to make that happen. And then all my time is going to go to that. And then I don't really follow what I really want to do. So then I thought, okay, it's now or never. What do I really, really wanna do, you know? Yeah. And then I realized creating my own work, doing my own projects, I have put that on the side since since I graduated in two thousand two, you know. So that's twenty years. It never. I it's never crazy, right? I never made it a priority. <laughs> and no. you know, and I'm forty, okay, but it's not too late. I can do it now, you know. So and and with the same sort of attitude, I don't know how, but I'm going to make it happen somehow, you know. Right. So now I'm applying for grants to support it. Nice. Also, I think it's not only about money. It's also, for example, that, well, the work that I'm doing, it's about uh, related to the topic of sexual abuse and, mm-hmm. and domestic violence. So I thought, OK, I just have to get to know this target group better. So now I'm doing volunteer work at um, FIER, which is a, a Dutch organization for Uh, working against domestic uh, abuse and and sexual abuse and and honor violence. And I'm working with these girls, ladies at the safe house and doing creative workshops with them. And I don't know where this is going, but I just feel like if I want to work on this topic, I have to sort of, Target Group is such a sort of, business term but i want to know the people that i want to work for or with you know or i rather want to work with them than for them then i just believe something is going to take shape i don't know how but but so now i'm applying for another grant to to sort of support the project that i want to set up for them so it sort of leads to new opportunities and although i don't know yet how and i still have to make it financially sustainable i know it's going to happen somehow
0: that's a that's what I mean when I said following your passion. Mm. Maybe it's not what you thought in your head. This is my passion, the doing workshops with these women no. or doing this, that or the other thing. But you start doing it and now you're digging in, you're doing research, exactly. you're getting grants, you're doing, you know, or applying for grants, yeah. hopefully getting grants. And that's amazing. I would be like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass. Do I really want to do that? And that's super lame. But that's.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but don't you think that's sort of what you're doing already? Because now you're doing this podcast and then you're talking to people. And then one day you will talk to someone who will introduce a new idea to you that will lead you on a new path and, and, you know, that will motivate you enough to do it. The the point where you think that is lame or I don't have the energy for it, I think that's not really what you want to do then, you know? Oh,
0: well, that's for sure. And I think that was that whole rambling mess that I said before. My whole point was that I'm trying to be more selective in what I apply for. Exactly. Because historically... And it goes back to my youth. My family is fairly blue collar. They, uh, they own a transmission shop. And my, like, my stepdad is a huge do-it-yourselfer. So like, we very rarely hired people to do things around mm. the house. We were Every weekend was some kind of crazy project, digging, moving wood, putting up whoop drywall, doing all the stuff. And I hated it, but it taught me that anyone can do this work. You can do work and mm-hmm. you, you can do anything for money. <laughs> and, and and that sort of stuck in my head yeah. for better or for worse i think when you're younger it serves you well because when all your friends are like oh i'll do a stupid job you're like i'll do it and i'll get paid and it'll be awesome because i'll have money yeah but then when you're older 35 40 45 yeah if you still have that that mindset you're going to end up doing something that you've flipping hate. Yeah. And there have been so many compromises over the course of my life and career, career if that's in quotes, that I yeah, I'd like to do something that I like.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: It would be so much nicer.
1: But this is a luxury that comes with age age Uh, yeah no but that's maybe what i mean like i think you can be more selective when you get older and that's sort of what i'm trying to so for me like 40 was my how old are you 45 (laughs) yeah so 40 was my milestone where i had like thought until i'm 40 i'm drawing a line sort of (laughs) like a diagonal like i want to you know i'm gonna do as much as i can and then i'm like got to 40 and i'm like is this really it? This is so all. I, is this the, no? But is this all I could do before forty? Oh, 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 you know, see, actually, no. It was more like that. And but then uh, I had I had told myself when I'm forty, I can start looking for depth instead. Yeah, sure. So and to look for depth, you have to make selections because you can't do everything. No, right? you really can't. Yeah,
0: you really can't. So that's
1: I think that. But you cannot do it when you're twenty. You have to build up that experience and and try all these jobs and, and sure and find your path. I don't think you can know your path when you're like 18. Definitely
0: not. I don't think anybody Maybe really knows. Maybe they know knows. it's
1: because their parents told them, you know. Yeah. Right. You know, so we are at the best age, you know. This is, <laughs> it is, this, the best is age. this is the turning point, man. This is where we make our dreams come true. <laughs> I
0: can't wait. I just need a dream now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dream big. I
0: just need a dream. I want to know more about where you're coming from. So you said that your mom was a dance instructor? Yeah,
1: she was indeed a dance instructor. She came from Helsinki. So I'm from Finland, right? And uh, she came from Helsinki, which is a big city in Finland. And she went to Vasa, which where I'm born, uh, with my dad. And that, that is, a, a well, a small city in Finland. But she brought dance, a contemporary dance, to that city. So mm. within that city, she's known as the woman who brought contemporary dance there, which I think is quite amazing. It is cool. Yeah.
0: Can, I'm going to interrupt just for one second because yeah. I want to know. I know that there's a lot of art stuff going on in that city. Was your mom part of the vanguard of people bringing art to that city? Or was it always artsy? They just didn't have avant-garde dance
1: um hmm, that's a good question no i i mean i think the contemporary art scene has taken form along those years but i wouldn't give her credits for that whole thing but she's
0: would she want to take credit for it (laughs) i think she wants to
1: take credit for the dance part (laughs) and now she's a yoga instructor nice also coming to her Senses, no, to to deepen her practice, yeah.
0: That's pretty great.
1: Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's where I come from, from Vasa. And my dad, he's a very like super practical dude. He was a he's a math teacher and okay. and a prince. He was a principal. He founded a couple of schools, and you know, so he's like he's someone who is very um, organized, ambit- organized, and ambitious within the sort of especially the educational systems. And nice. you know, so I'm, I come also from a family of of educators. So it's not. So weird that I'm working in education. It sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) And I have an older sister who's a teacher, you know. So it's all like this family of teachers of different kinds.
0: Huh. Mm. I assume that most of the people that are going to listen to this are not going to be Europeans. Maybe they will. I don't Mm. know. I have no idea what the audience is going to be. But if they happen to be Americans. I'm guessing most of them are going to be like, Finland.
1: Where is that?
0: Is that where Bjork is from? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not.
1: Exactly. No, it's, it's where Mika uh, Häkkinen M- is from. Is from or it's where Jari uh, Litmanen is from. I don't know. No. I'm just mentioning sports people that I don't know.
0: Uh, it's the
1: land of ice hockey. I guess Americans would know. Oh, Finn. they might
0: know that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it depends on where you're from in America. Oh, it's,
1: it's where we say Santa Claus comes from.
0: Oh, oh yeah, because the North Pole.
1: It were, yes, kind of, kinda, but we say Lapland, sort of oh, Finnish yeah, Lapland. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, then uh, again, I guess that's also the American Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can't take credits for anything. It's it's called the Land of a Thousand Lakes, but it's actually a hundred thousand lakes. It's a very beautiful country in the north which is not officially part of Scandinavia, but the Nordic countries. Right, It's the only country up north that has a sort of totally different language than, uh, than the other countries there. Oh, for
0: real? I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't wow. realize that. I mean, it all sounds no, it's a crazy Swedish, to me. Swedish,
1: Norwegian, Danish, they all related. But Finnish is like,
0: Something we're else. our
1: own, uh, I don't know, Martian wow. people.
0: <laughs> that's impressive I, I didn't know that but don't, don't you speak this yes. aren't you from the swedish no, part yes exactly so okay. i i'm not that special but so. do you speak do you can you understand
1: i understand like i don't know like 80 percent of it but okay. i speak very poorly
0: okay so you were there and did you go to school there
1: yeah so i went to school there just normally what is it called elementary la school and yeah. whatever comes after that in high in school Finland, middle high bar school, school yeah and then there you can decide, in the Finnish system, you can decide when you're uh, actually 16, but I started a year earlier because I'm born in January. Then you can decide if you want to go more to in sort of practical direction or if you want to do more general studies or whatever. Right. That's kind of what use- it's
0: like here too, isn't it?
1: Yes, but here is earlier. Okay. Yeah. So there it's, a, yeah, when you're 16 and here is when you're, what is it, 12
0: Oh, shit. Is it that early? It's It's coming up fast. I
1: know. (laughs) I know. So that's when I decided I want to go to art school. And then you have a sort of preparatory art school, three-year art studies where I went. And that's why I had to move because, you know, Finland is a big country and the distances are are over. Not compared to America, maybe. But, you know, like, well, it's relative. In Europe, it's a lot of space. Yeah. So I moved to to a, another small town uh, where they had an art school to to study art
0: did you meet your man friend there is, is he uh, going my, to school my there? dutch man
1: uh no i met another dutch man <laughs> actually
0: <laughs> nice <laughs> because
1: uh, we were going to germany on a on a school trip and i met a dutch guy on the boat uh-huh. Uh-huh. and uh and then i visited him in in the netherlands so i knew they had an arts academy up north in, yeah. in groningen and that's actually what led me there but it, not him because we already broken up but i had been in the netherlands and I knew a, they had they, a taste yeah exactly <laughs> so i thought okay this can be maybe my first step into the world with plans of sort of like traveling the world and seeing everything and then you know I stayed in this little country yeah I didn't really go because that's when I met also my um, current partner at at the art academy in In Groningen yeah Yeah. okay but
0: Groningen is a pretty especially if you're working in photography Groningen is a great place
1: It's a it's a nice student city yeah like it's a nice place to study and they
0: have the Noorderlicht
1: they have the Noorderlicht yeah that's true but I think for photography I mean I think it's better to be here or in Den Haag or in Amsterdam (laughs) (laughs) yeah Rotterdam yeah but anyways love didn't take me to to the Netherlands but it so that it was a it opened the door to a place to to
0: to start yeah so. How big of a step from here to World Press is, is that? Mm. You were, I, mean, World Press, I, I mentioned World Press because it's a relatively well-known organization yeah. and you were involved with them for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I worked with World Press Photo for seven years. But it's funny because I studied art, you know, and, and 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 press photography was like for me right. not not at all attractive. Uh-huh. I thought it was all about like like aestheticizing war and sure. everything that world press was standing for. I thought like oh I don't want to be involved in that. <laughs> but um, then when I was doing my masters in in Leiden, you could do like for the for the whole contest, they asked students to to preview all the submissions to check if they were submitted right. Right. And, and so you did that to get, you know, paid. And then I saw that they looked for intern for the education department oh, and, you know, and I okay. l- like education. I was already That's working in education. So, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, apply for the, for that internship, even though I didn't really need an internship for my studies anymore, but I did that. And then I got it. And, and that was a way for me to start there. And then I got involved in that department and I loved it because you're in the middle of this whole network with all these people. And, you know, you learn so much from everyone. At the end of my internship, I had realized that they didn't have anyone doing the production. So it was always the communication department doing the books and uh, exhibitions and and things. Well, they had the exhibition department, but that was for the general exhibition. Uh So this was sort of where I saw an opportunity. So I, I went to my boss at that time and said like, hey, uh, I think you should offer me this position. And you I was, created a I position created, for yourself. I created a position for myself. I don't know if I was that cocky, but but sort of like... I, I think something. you might have been. Maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was, but I think a bit more like with red cheeks and like... What do you think, <laughs> guys? Like, maybe, maybe I could do it. And, uh, and they actually accepted. So that was a really nice position to be because I was at the end... Uh, became like the senior producer and um, and at the very end I was the interim of the, the department. But what I did mainly was like I coordinated all the productions that we did with the education department so that meant that we we worked somewhere uh, with the educational program, often in countries where there was not much photography education mm-hmm. with institutes in well, from we worked in North Africa and Asia where you know wherever, and then uh, what I could do is create productions with these photographers. So I, I created books or I created online productions or uh, exhibitions. And mm-hmm. it was great. It was great. It was really, really Sounds nice.
0: Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Or it, it, at the very least a good Good uh, learning experience. And For sure. You got thrown into some cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, to emphasize like the importance of having a network, you know, like the people you meet For in sure. seven years in a network like that. I it's mean, pretty I see it's, it's still really great to have, you know, like, yeah. and not now it sounds very opportunistic, but I mean, like, also really, it's like really a lot of friends that came out of there, you know? Sure,
0: sure, yeah. sure. But also, I mean, oppor- yeah, it's opportunistic. So what are you supposed to do? Like, just because, like, to avoid sounding opportunistic, not expand no. your network and like this, no, no, this global. Global network yeah. of professionals
1: no i think you should but when it comes becomes a goal in itself you know like there's right, yeah, sort yeah. of like just
0: like a neediness that's involved mm-hmm. that's unattractive but
1: sure, yeah. you know if you yeah. can, you know yeah like
0: you said you're friends with them that's good
1: yes not not all of them <laughs> well you friends with <laughs> some, some all of, of them. them every single one <laughs> buddies yeah but it helps it helps for sure to have friends in in good places
0: yeah and then we work together
1: and then we worked together, yeah. <laughs>
0: and uh, that was uh, not long enough. No. What else about uh, your trajectory?
1: Well, so in 2016, I stopped working at World Press Photo, and then I went freelance, and then I started teaching at Willem de Koning at the Academy sure. in Rotterdam. yeah. Yeah, and then I also uh, looked for other, well, more projects and, and jobs, but it was really nice because I got right away a, a nice opportunity to work as a curator for a, for a project. And then, uh, but why am I telling you this? Oh, yeah, because I wanted to say also Rien, who is the director of uh, Photomat. yeah. He, uh, he was also, they were collaborating with World Press Photo. Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is how he would tell the story, but the way I tell the story is that, that when, uh, when I was doing the evaluation of the collaboration that we had had with World Press Photo, I was a bit critical about the... The viewbook
0: thing. The viewbook thing, or, the viewbook thing yeah. that he was
1: running at the time. And, <laughs> and I remember, as I like to remember at least, he was sort of like looking at me with a smirk on his face as I was sort of criticizing a bit the the tool or <laughs> sure and then he was like ah, oh, maybe i have something uh for you uh-huh. <laughs> uh and then we started to collaborate on this project called transformations or, or it was so it was initiated by Viewbook, but I, I the
0: book around here somewhere
1: i coordinated that with him and so which was basically researching changes in photography and it was a really nice project to work on where we interviewed a lot really of was. people and and it ended up in this production, which I th- still think is really useful and, and great, and sure. and laid the basis for for a lot of the things that I'm doing now. Uh, and then he really generously just like passed over the whole transformations to me. So now, like me and and actually a former colleague or three former colleagues of mine are involved with it one way oh, you're or Are still doing it? Well, yes, it's sort of, it's been like a, a little bit passive now, but we're now actually working together with a festival in Sweden.
0: Volume two or yeah, something. Yeah, and we
1: were supposed to, but now Corona killed it. But in, oh, Ar- in yeah. Arles at the festival this year, we were supposed to organize a seminar. And and cool. so so keep on sort of questioning where photography is going and what right. does it mean. And yeah, so it's still sort of alive. But yeah, so then I was working with Reen and then he started this uh, new company then called Photomat. Together with his partner, and then they asked me if I wanted to be involved. Yeah, that was that's how we met. It is because you were working with them also during the Viewbook time.
0: I was nine years yeah with the Schwachermann corporate complex.
1: Long time. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you want to say something about no, it? <laughs> well, I'm gonna actually. I'm
0: talking to Bjorn on Friday, and I asked Reen if he would talk too, because mm. I'm sure both of those guys have some pretty good stories to tell and i think like it'll be interesting to have bjorn cuz i don't want all the people i talk to to be art people
1: mm.
0: I want to keep the audience as as mm. as, as broad as possible but uh, uh and also rin has always been art adjacent but i think that career wise he's mostly a developer Company builder. Mm. I don't even know. Like I'll let him tell. I'll let I'll let him decide what his title is.
1: Hello, my name is uh, Rien Swagerman. I'm a designer at heart, <laughs> but I also develop businesses.
0: <laughs> All right then. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, it could. I think it'll be good. It'll be good. Or not. I mean, unless yeah. he doesn't say anything, you know, it could be, it could just be, that he doesn't want to say too much about anything. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Before Bjorn worked for ViewBook or Photomat, he built and sold a company or two. Mm. And he has a completely different type of education and a com- completely different experience so yeah that'll be good and and also his approach to website company is completely different than basically everybody else in the company yeah so yeah we'll see i'm I'm curious to hear more about his story i I know a little bit already because i mean i worked with him for so long but Mm -mm. i mean i don't really know the details of his old company and i don't know a lot yeah but i will
1: i will listen to it (laughs) all right well yeah (laughs) i have no
0: idea when it's all gonna happen but it's gonna be it's gonna be epic Kids are going to be talking about it, <laughs> all, of, all of the kids, every single kid. All right. So passion-wise, I know you have an exhibition coming up. Mm. Is it an exhibition mm. or a screening?
1: You know, honestly, I don't know yet. Okay. I, I know it was uh, selected for the Helsinki Photo Festival. And when is that? So it's this summer in Helsinki, but which form we're going to take, I don't know yet because they're still planning the exhibition. They just
0: know they want you and your work.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. So they selected the uh, the fifty artists for the festival, and then uh, they selected ten sort of Nordic talent. They call it. Yes. Nice. So I, I'm, now you're I'm officially a, a Nordic you're talent. You're a Nordic talent.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that's nice. But I, I see it more as I I mean, regardless, it's not going to be the full project, but it's it's going to be more of I guess of a showcase of it somehow, mm-hmm. and hopefully a platform to 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 you know continue. Reaching out with the work, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm also working on an exhibition in Rome, which is hopefully coming up now because it's been postponed two times during to yeah. Corona. But hopefully now it's in October planned. So we're just trying to get the last finance or the finances together. But that would be like a solo exhibition in a proper place where I can put on the whole project. You, it's and more then, your
0: vision, than yeah, it is yeah. And then like
1: and that. then also the whole because I have this whole education program. Yeah, uh, I'm laughing because it's everything is back to education. But yeah, I have a education program around it so then the idea is that we would work with local partners there to to set it up and to inform kids about about this topic and so forth.
0: You, you mentioned before how you try things and you see what comes out of them. But I remember from a previous conversation perhaps making that other video because mm. there was a lot of footage there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you you mentioned that students, children, adult children would mm-hmm. approach you and share their experiences with you and then that would go off and potentially lead to these educational mm. workshops or the letters from the past project was feeding the education yeah. project it seemed is that a correct yeah, yeah, observation sort of. like
1: i i put up an educational program with it because i wanted to attract what i see as the right audience to there which i see it as like young adults and and so i got schools coming to my uh exhibition when i had it in finland yeah So that was the start of it. But then uh, one of the girls who came in there, she shared, well, some shared stories, but she especially said she recognized the story of sexual abuse. She had been abused by her father during her upbringing and she wanted to, she always felt misunderstood at the schools by the teachers because, you know, she acted out as, you know, and she became the bad bad kid or she became the overachiever or the good kid or whatever. But she felt, she never felt seen. So, so then... That led us on a new path where I, together with her, figured out a, a program where we talk to teachers about how to see someone who has a child who has gone through trauma and, and how to recognize girls or guys like her. So somehow one thing leads to, to the next. I guess that's um, a pattern in life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: One of the reasons I wanted to do this is I wanted to point out to people that you can just do something. Mm-hmm. Just do something. I was looking for inspiration for myself. I was looking to hopefully inspire others. And I think that hearing stuff like that, like that one thing leads to another Mm. and there's, there's, little baby chain reactions yeah. or maybe even sometimes large chain reactions i, I just think it's nice yeah for people I, I, to know, hear I think that sort of i think thing.
1: that's a really i mean it's a it's a good point to make i guess like like you just have to start somewhere yeah and and the, have the to the start, do something yeah and the starting point has to be something i think genuine something that you you're interested in or something sincerity is do. important yeah and then and then you know, you have to have your eyes open for where it can take you, of yeah. course, you know, because of course the girl could have come into my exhibition and I would have had a conversation with her, but I would have never acted on, yep. on it. So you also have to, of course, act on opportunities that come your way. And I think another good skill to have is to make bridges to, to sort right. of see how something connects to something else. So how, you know, maybe you are doing completely two different, complete, completely different jobs but maybe somehow they com- can come together and one can benefit from the other. Like, okay, so so now I'm doing this voluntary work at this organization. Yeah. And I'm also teaching at this school. Now I just proposed today, so I don't know if it's going to happen, but that, that we would do a collaboration between... Between yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's so great. that my students yeah. would tell the stories of or, or or they can, you know, help them create their create their creative abilities or and empower Gotta them. Use your
0: resources, man.
1: Yeah. So there's always and that that really, you know, gives me like energy and, and sort of a kick to, to nice. find these connections between Things or connecting people like, you know, you maybe know a really good curator and, you know, a really good young talent somewhere and you make them meet, you know, and yeah. they will benefit from each other. And that makes me so happy, you know, if you can make people come together or or projects come together or. Yeah.
0: One, la- one last thing. One last thing. I, I just want to I want to ask a little bit about because because the letters from the past project is uh deeply personal and family related so it's not only personal for you but it's personal for your entire family
1: Mm.
0: how does that work do you ever get tired of talking about your family's dirty laundry (laughs) or do your does your family ever get tired of it Mm. has there been pushback
1: um if
0: maybe just briefly explain the Mm. project okay or or if you don't want to what is what is the website
1: Oh, yeah. So it's uh, letters from the past. Dot and L. So the short story is that my grandfather sexually abused at least three of my cousins. And, and this is a starting point of a conversation that I had with the family. And this whole story came out because my f- grandfather made inappropriate comments about me, which made me go out and talk to the family. Like, ha- has he done this to you too? And that made this whole the story emerge, upon which I then started to creating work first in the form of interviews with my family. And then I started adding sort of his archive and my own material okay. to it. Yeah. So that's the backstory. And uh, the question was, do they... Yeah, I think... There were more hesitations in the beginning from my family and especially when my grandfather was still alive. Oh, yeah. Um, and I did tell them that I would check with them every step on the of the way to sort of see if they are okay. you still cool? Yeah. So I tried to do that. And and I also noticed under the reactions that I get now, you know, like they... Also because, you know, when they get feedback from people like that it's been useful for them, you know, and they see sort of the... The use of hanging out this dirty laundry of the family, I think that also empowers them too.
0: So it doesn't exhaust you?
1: No, I mean, I, you know, it's, I wish that my, especially my cousins wouldn't have been in that situation, of of course. But I think like, if you have this sort of personal story, I think that's something so powerful, you know, like if you can use something that is connected to yourself and share that so that other people can also Feel sort of a personal connection to like if they are have been in a similar situation i'm not tired of it at all i just feel like this is just getting started you know all right yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, like it's funny to uh, funny it's it's i think it's kind of funny to drop that heavy bomb at the end of uh of a conversation but it's probably better for people to investigate the project Mm -hmm. on their own at the website Letters to the past.nl.
1: Letters from the past.nl. Yeah.
0: Whenever I post this, I'll put the links to that in the the little micro explanation video. Yeah. And uh, the photo map video.
1: uh, Oh, and maybe you can also actually link to this material. Oh, oh, yeah. We haven't talked about yet. No, we
0: haven't. We haven't. I forgot. I'm sorry. I totally forgot about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do
0: we still have time? Sure. Why not? Just go. I mean,
1: no rules. Okay. Uh, well, so I wanted to mention this, which is also one of my babies. It's a project, well, now a publication called Creativity as a Career. <laughs> but it started out as a project called AL Art, which is, I think, still a terrible title, but we didn't never found a better title. But it's like entrepreneurial That's learning. That's just its name now. <laughs> yeah, entrepreneurial <laughs> learning for artists. So this started in 2007. When I just had sort of graduated from art school and realizing that there is a gap between the real world and the safe art academy.
0: There really is.
1: Yeah. And trying to figure out like how to close that gap a little bit. So I set up this international uh, European project where we worked with different schools and the uh, kids at that school, the schools, so art academies. <laughs> And together with the teachers, we created this publication. So all these teachers also have one foot in the art world as as an artist. And and then we interviewed a bunch of people. And so then we had one of the teachers, Rütger Middendorp, who was already uh, starting sort of to write a book on on this topic. And anyway, it's open source, and that's why I wanted to mention it. It's an open source material. There's a website uh, for it where you can download all this material. And it's it's not only a guide for artists, and it's supposed to Target like any kinds of artists, so not only visual artists, but you know there was also musicians, dancers sure. uh, involved in this. It's a, a set of cards that you can download, and these cards are they have questions, they have uh, assignments, and they have statements. And then there's a rule like instructions how you can use these cards to develop your entrepreneurial learning actually as an artist. But it's not about sort of like how do I set up my business. It's not like that. Good. It's more like. Your inner entrepreneurial skills. And it starts with the question, like, what is your idea of, a su- of success? To sort of step away of the Hollywood or the American idea of it and, and more look at, like, what does, it, what does success really mean for me? Does it mean maybe balancing my family with my artistic practice or, and whatever it is, is that, that's your starting point. And then you look at what are the skills, knowledge, help that I need to sort of get there. So this material is trying to help you on that path.
0: Awesome. So are we going to look at it? How are we, we, what are we going to do?
1: I don't know. Maybe we can do, (laughs) maybe we can do this. Like this is one of the things that I do with my students is when we start the idea of success. Oh boy. Then I draw a a line in the classroom and you stand all stand in the middle of the line, right? And I I read out the statement and then you choose if you're for it or against it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, I'm not going to stand in a line, but. Do it. Do it. Let's, we'll, we'll do something.
1: Okay. So then, for example, it would be, uh, which do you prefer more, money or freedom? Freedom. Yeah. And then you have to motivate your choice. Why?
0: That's a good question. Why? I like freedom more because often money is tied to doing things that are either soul crushing or mind numbing. Mm -hmm. And I do not like to have my soul crushed or my mind numbed. So freedom if it means that you receive a little bit less compensation is worth it every time.
1: Yeah. And then probably, you know, someone at the other end would say, yeah, but you need money, you know, and then you have this whole discussion about it. And then that hopefully, you know, helps you sort of form also your own ideas of it. Shall we try another one? Yes, please. Let me, let me find one that makes sense. Okay. Uh, this is a statement. Um, I'm not afraid of failure. You must fail in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. Do you agree or disagree? I, I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I'm particularly skilled at failing, and <laughs> I have learned very much from failing. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I I, I, I don't know who would disagree. Do you disagree?
1: No, I don't. <laughs> but I do think it's an important realization to have that failure is... I do Well let's say I try to avoid Failure Of course a lot. Yes <laughs> Nobody wants but to fail No but... <laughs> but I think we should Embrace failure Yeah Because totally, yeah. if we don't fail You know That's exactly Then we get the The best sort of yeah. Lessons in life
0: well, There's another phrase I don't know where I heard this But you never want to be The smartest guy in the room
1: Because
0: <laughs> then you'll never Learn anything uh, yeah. You know yeah. That's how you learn How to do stuff You know If you want to learn A new piece of software Yeah Have a project in mind Try it First time, you're totally gonna you're totally gonna screw it up. But then, you know, exactly. And then you can do it in your sleep.
1: Yeah. So maybe if you don't fail, that means that you're not taking enough risks.
0: I would yeah. say I would say yeah. that is that is true. Or you're just amazing.
1: <laughs> you're just good at everything. Um, yeah. So those kind of questions, and then it's like, do you think that having a second job means that you are less successful?
0: I don't particularly want a second job, but I, yeah, I, you know, whatever. Lots of people have a side hustle. I I don't see any problem with that whatsoever. If you need to do it to facilitate something you truly, truly and deeply Mm -hmm. want to do, if one of these jobs or undertakings is something that gives you a true and deep fulfillment and that, and you have to work on the weekends or, or at night to, to supplement that. Technically it's a bit less freedom
1: Yeah, or you buy yourself that freedom to, like, by having a second job, Sure, you create freedom to create whatever you want to do with the rest of the time you have.
0: Yeah, especially as you get older, that gets harder. You got kids, you're tired, blah, blah, blah. You just got to do what you got to do. I hate that phrase. You got to do what you got (laughs) to do. You need to work out a system where you can do the things that you find fulfilling. Yeah. Hopefully, they will reward you financially as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, last one here then. All right. Do you you have to have talent to be successful? Do you, you? agree? <laughs> I don't. <laughs>
0: I just peaked the, peaked the volume to the max. Uh, <laughs> I I don't believe that is true.
1: <laughs> you need no talent.
0: <laughs> I think that depending on what you consider successful, in what situation you consider it successful, there's a, there's a combination of qualities and skills that lead to success. Mm-hmm. There's lots of leeway for this formula, but I think that it's a formula of talent, hard work and luck. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of come together and sometimes one is stronger than the other. But the examples I'll give are I've lived in places where you could go to a a bar in town and hear the best bands. Mm -hmm. They're just so good guys are going nowhere like the guys have been playing their whole lives mm. they are masters of their instruments they can write songs they've got the feeling when they sing you believe it mm-hmm. it's not like oh i'm drunk and this is a good mm-hmm. band yeah it's like wow that guy's truly talented no ambition no luck yeah it's going to be impossible to be successful if you don't have the drive.
1: Exactly. And and. But then, if you take talent out of the equation, so you only have drive and uh, well, was...
0: look at pop music. Yeah. I, I'm using music as mm-hmm. an example. Sure. Look at Instagram. Look at look look at some of these photographers who have a million followers. Mm-hmm. The most boring ass photography you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> and they post another picture of a beautiful sunset.
1: Yeah. But then, okay, so, but that leads us back to the question, what is success, right?
0: Exactly. Because is
1: success then a lot of visibility or is it is it money or is it, you know, achieving something? like yeah. Is the
0: lifetime of work honing your skills and becoming a great musician success? Mm. Uh, yeah, I guess it is.
1: How do you, you know, where do you define it? Is it, is it like when you have been able to do your platinum album, or whatever? I you think know, some like...
0: people would, some people would define it as that. Yeah. Personally, i I would say that it's that you can sustain your lifestyle and do something mm. that you love.
1: See that I like more because this is sort of my forty year old conclusion. <laughs> All right. is uh, that success is not an end goal. It's it's actually enjoying the process of uh,
0: it. Yeah, Look at that.
1: Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to learn. This is my new path. Not always setting new goals. And when you achieve it, you have achieved a certain amount of success. But like when I know that I'm enjoying every part of that process, that's where I think I succeeded.
0: Okay. I'm going to, we're going to stop then. Yes. I think that's a really good place to stop. Yes. Thank you very much for coming here (laughs) thanks and i will say once again that i i admire your work ethic thank you and i think it's super cool that you find ways to do the things that you do
1: thank you ah so (laughs) motivating okay bye thank you bye (laughs) oh sweet this was fun
0: that was episode two thank you rebecca What did i get from this episode one popularity is often mistaken for success Two, passion projects can lead you to satisfying work experiences. And three, you cannot escape your destiny. Yeah, I know, that sounds kind of dumb. But her parents are in arts and education, and so is she, and so is her sister. I have no desire to get into the nature versus nurture argument, but I think both camps could use Rebecca as an example. It was fun talking to her, and it was good to see her again. I guess that's it for now. Thanks for listening to Feel Free to Deviate. If you have any questions or comments, you should feel free to contact me by sending an email to mail at feelfreetodeviate.com. I've also initiated social media accounts for the show on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not huge on social media, but I guess I need to be if I want to be relevant and I desperately want to be relevant. So follow me and engage and stuff. You think I should be on other platforms as well? Which ones? Let me know. The next episode is Bjorn. He was one of the founders and owners of the company I used to work for, and he's not an art guy. Get ready for a different sort of conversation. Thanks for listening. Bye!